and then my days are, you know, they're structured, but boring. Like I always say, make your life boring. If you know what's going to be in those time blocks, you're going to stay more consistent. You're going to get more things done and you're going to make more money ultimately. And you're going to live a better quality of life because of growth and contribution. That's your two big, big things. So a lot of people are not thinking of like, how are they contributing? So my big thing is to contribute to my team. How can I help them grow? And then how am I growing every day? Because if I'm not working on myself to get better, how can I expect them to get any better? Welcome to the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of the local real estate market. Join us as we chat with industry experts, uncovering tips, trends, and strategies to help you navigate Maryland's real estate landscape. Get ready to elevate your real estate game. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Maryland Real Estate Influencers. Today, we have Lee Tessier with us. Lee, thank you so very much for making time in your day to come uh, be a part of this. My pleasure. Absolutely. So, Lee, could you tell our crowd, uh, for those that may be hiding under a rock and not know you, could you Mm -hmm. tell them a little bit about you, your business, and your team? Sure. Going on, uh, been in the business 17, almost 18 years. And we sell approximately 450 homes. We've done about 4,800 sales, a little over, well, billion and a quarter roughly in sales. And just take care of our clients. I mean, that's the main focus. If we take care of our clients, take care of the agents, then everything else comes along with it. So um, I've been in Maryland. I moved here when I was like seven years old from Vermont. So originally that's, that was my background as a kid coming from there. I've uh, been in Hartford County for a little over 20 years uh, going going to be married next month, 20 years. So, wow. you know, we went to high school together, but didn't date until much later and didn't get married till we were 30. So nice thing. We have three kids and four grandkids. So, uh, wow. so kids Congratulations. are great. Yeah. Thanks. And, um, we have a property and we have a home in ocean city for some vacation. And we have a place in Naples, uh, Marco Island, Florida that will, spend winter time back and forth. So uh, get a break from the cold here and then also grow on our business down there as well, since I'm licensed in Florida too. Oh, I didn't realize you did that as well. Yeah. Yep. Very yep. Cool. So working on expanding, failed like crazy for a year and a half. Now it's time to, you know, turn that around. That's wonderful. Marco Island is beautiful. It was one of my yeah. favorite um, vacations. Um, we th- <laughs> almost got eaten by a shark when we were down there. In oh, the really? Uh, but all in all, it was lovely. And I think that the the coolest thing that I had experienced is when the uh, sea turtles came up and hatched eggs and yep. the entire um, block of hotels had to black out their lights because they, yep. they go toward the moonlight. It was Correct. the most, it was the, just so awesome to yeah, participate yeah. in something uh, like that. Yeah, we stayed at the hotel there in June, I think last year, the year before, because uh, uh, RPAC had their conference there. It was supposed to be in Hawaii, and then it got moved to Marco Island. But uh, it was like you had to close your blinds, no yes. lights, like you had to make sure they were blacked out so the turtles wouldn't come back. But they were saying like, I forgot, it was a rare amount, like it's one or two percent. It's not many of the turtles that make it. It's such a low number. There's Ooh. thousands of them, but very few make it because they end up getting eaten by all the wildlife before mm. it can make it all the way back to the ocean. So, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, really high number. Real, that is that's, so small. Yeah, that, it's so interesting. It was, it was, I thought it was the neatest thing that I had seen um, in a long time. 
Yeah, so love this a- business because you experience a lot of different things from different places, especially conferences and so forth that you attend. Oh, yes. You know, if, you're learning, if you're learning, you're earning. So. Yes. Now, you've got a pretty expansive team. Would you like to share with us a little bit about your team? Yes, yeah, so we have about 17 agents and nine assistants in the office. Uh, we've broken all our uh, office, like our office admin down to specialists. So anywhere from our two marketing specialists, transaction manager, listing manager, our um, office manager kind of oversees everything as well. Director of operations, accountant, and who am I missing? Uh, our top two agents. Uh, last year, they sold one sold 77, the other one sold 83 homes. So we have one separate assistant that one separate assistant that helps both of them. Uh, that way, they can leverage a little bit more, get closer to the hundred units a year. So uh, getting them to the goals that they want to achieve. So. That is fabulous. And do you still uh, uh, sell or are I, you more of a leader at this point? Oh, or so most of my time is leading, um, but I sell, you know, 20 to 25 homes a year just to stay relevant. So either really um, either a super high end client that only wants to deal with me, a past client, something like that. But most of the cases, I try to hand most of them off to my agents. That way they're I know I get more by helping so the more that I help, then if I help them get what they want, then I'll get what I want. Zig Ziglar, right? So yes. you help enough others with get what they want, then you get what you want. Very true. Very true. I um, didn't know you had a podcast and oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I did some digging and um, I, I found out a lot more about you because I've known of you in the industry um, mm-hmm. for years, but I, I I learned so much about you actually probably from um, Kondra Ishmael. Is, oh, yeah his his podcast was so inspirational and the way he speaks i understand he's got a he's got a degree in communications and it shows uh but the way he sh- spoke about you and your friendship with him but not just that about your leadership within the team how well you take um ownership when you're going to him for coaching um mm-hmm. And as a fitness mentor or a fitness coach, and then what you've done with your staff and how you've brought all of them uh, to this, that showed a different side of you that I hadn't seen in the business communication that I've experienced with you over the years. And I was so moved by what okay. I had heard in, in a podcast that it was about him. It wasn't about you, but I, I took that away and I thought... Wow, I'd love to chat with him about that if you're open to that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, when I, I he I met him in 2015, he was referred to me about selling his home, and we were out looking, and I I had let myself go. Well, I was working so many hours from like through my 2009 to 2014, 15. I was just putting so much time in. In 2013, I sold 138 homes myself. The one year out of 289, and I was like, I'm not having any life. I'm eating McDonald's. You know, I'm like literally there just going through the drive through and just eating like crap. So um, I, when I ran, when he was introduced to me, I'm like, perfect. I was looking for a trainer that I would respect and I would show up for number one. And then uh, we were out looking at properties one day and I was like, look, you train fat people because I've gotten myself so out of control. And he was training mainly athletes. So kids that were going to college or going from, he had several that were going from college to tra- trying out for the pros uh, NFL and so forth. So I was like, man, will you train somebody like me? And he said, and he wasn't sure. He's like, all right, is it just me trying to like get his business period? And I'm like, now I'm authentic who I am. So, you know, he's like, all right, be at the gym tomorrow at 630. 
well, actually, I think we started like 6.45 and then we worked down to 6 a.m. And I would always show up. And then seven and a half years later, I was still showing up. You know, it's just, I was just very consistent with them. If something works, I'll stick with something. I'm, you know, I was talking to my agents about being consistent and persistent, but within the first eight to 10 months, I could see like, it wasn't just training with him. So it was going, it was training, being at the gym by six. But then he said, look, I really want to take you to the grocery store and I want to take you to the vitamin shop to make sure you know what you should be putting in your body. I'm like, perfect. Let me get my, how about if my wife comes and my son comes and he's like, yeah, great. So the three, all four of us, you know, me and my wife, my son and, and Q had went to Wegman. So he was showing us like what the shop for, he was going through with ingredients, like pay attention to this, don't eat this, this, you want to shop more in the center of the store, you know, looking at the organics and so forth. And then we went to vitamin shop and he was going through, Hey, here, here's the vitamins that you want and so forth. And so we went through that and then it was like, I was seeing a difference over the next six months. So I said, what about if I bring my team in? I said, would you be, would you do a workout with us in the morning? I said, I'm pr pretty sure they're not going to want to come at six. What about if we did a seven? So we did it on a weekend. Uh, so I offered it to everybody on my team. Like, look, if you want to come, we'll cover the training. And then he's going to go take us to Wegmans. And then we're going to go to the vitamin shop after. So that way you get all three things back to back. So uh, my mother-in-law, you know, she was in her 60s. One of my other agents, he's in the 60s. And, you know, I had 20-somethings to 60-somethings that went. So there was eight or nine of us that went, had a great workout. In fact, Joe, the one that's in the 60s, he was like getting flush. He hit like, and it, it wasn't a kill, like he didn't like kill us in some of the workouts that, that we had, but uh, we had to go get him some, uh, some vitamin C and uh, some kind of juice that had some sugars in it and get him going. But I just remember that stuck out. And then went to the grocery store, you know, went to Wegmans and then we went over to the vitamin shop and that was so helpful for everybody. And then we've done that a couple of times since like, all right, who wants to come? I'll offer it and come show up. I'm there either way. Uh, Reed was, he's been my top agent for several years. He started training with me twice a week. I said, you know, cause I had offered a couple of them. I was like, Hey, do you want to come? So he would be there at 6am. We'd be done by seven. And that, and he was always a nighttime, you know, train, you know, working out. And I was like, oh. do it in the morning. It starts your day off and your endorphin release. You just have such a better day. So he would come on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then Lisa, my assistant had come a couple of times. And then Austin that's on the podcast with me, you know, he played baseball for university of Maryland. He would cut him and Brendan have another one that he's a bodybuilder, 25 year old. I'm like, all right, you two are coming. You're going to be my rare bit. I said, do you know what, you know, do you know what a rare bit is? No, I do not. The rare bit is uh, on a dog track. It's the rabbit that runs around the inside of the track. like one Okay. Is, you know, big, and that's what the dogs chase. So I was like, all right, I'm old. I'm going to need, you know, you guys are 20 something. I need something that, because we were doing, it's all, it was on field training. So we were running, you know, sprinting, a lot of push-ups, bear crawls, kettlebells. So I said, all right. And, and Brendan's a big guy. You know, like I have, you know, pretty good size arms and so forth, but we were, you know, he's got these huge legs, huge arms, and we were doing bear crawls and we had to do push-ups after each one. And I could see like the lactic acid, like his legs, I mean, his arms are just like so pumped up. He's like, oh my God, this is killer. Cause one day we did 600 push-ups. So oh it was, my. Yeah, it was every, every line you're bear crawling to, and then you had 10 push-ups on each one and you're going, you know, sideways, you'd go down the field, then you'd sprint and you had six sets. So uh, it's like a hundred in a set and then oh, you're doing okay. it. So um so it was, it was just really good workouts um but i think that one of the stats i heard recently is now with inflation they said 
the good of it is there's more millionaires. They said one in 8.8 .8 million, I mean, one in 8.8 .8 people are a millionaire, but only one in 3,500 people actually have abs. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to work on that. So, um, so I actually have some abs. I've never had abs in my life. And, you know, I was just so excited because I've been like training really hard. Um, I've been going to F45 lately. So it's a high intensity workout and they had a challenge. So, you know, I dropped 10% in body fat in since April. So I was like, all right, I went from, you know, 17 down to 8.8. .8, so nine, nine and some change. Um, but it was just that, hey, I'm going to change my mindset. But I also had a, one, another client of mine that wrote a book that's getting released next month. Um, it's near perfect body. And just the way you think about training and the, think, the way you think about eating. So he was talking about weighing yourself so many times during the day. Take a picture of yourself, especially when you're starting to see results. If you take a picture of yourself and you get ready to go eat a cookie or eat something, you're like, he said, pull that picture up, <laughs> look at it and say, is it worth eating this cookie? And I was like, it does make you like the biggest thing is we, the hardest parts here. Yeah. You know, that six inches ear to ear. So what we think about that and, you know, having alcohol, cause you know, I was, you know, a social drinker, we'd go somewhere, I'd have two or three drinks or something, but every time I would, then I'd probably eat a little bit more. And then whatever I lost during the week, I'd gain back on the weekend. I'm like, I am not doing this. So I cut alcohol out. I, I was like, all right, my goal was to have just one drink every week. And I cut it down to one drink every two weeks. And I'm just, you see the results from it. So I'm like, all right, I don't need alcohol. We just had our charity golf tournament on Monday. We had 140 golfers, great time. Uh, we raised money for kids for a foundation to give back in scholarships. And I'm like, I am not drinking today, which is hard. Like, usually I go, I have a great time. I'm like, okay. all right, I'm not drinking because I have to weigh in for this competition in two days. So I'm not, you know, I'm competitive. I want to win and I want to hit my goals. Yep. So, you know, I made sure I didn't drink any alcohol. Felt great, had a great time. I had, had seen everything that was going on. You know, I was just very alert. I was like, okay, that was not bad. Like, because you think you need it to have more fun sometimes, which so true. So true. I've noticed the same thing. And I yeah. have cut way back, um, completely back. I did the 70, I couldn't, I did couldn't wouldn't commit to the 75 hard challenge, but I did the 75 soft challenge. Okay. It was that walking or that second exercise outside in the dark um when uh, there's uh because i did it uh january through march and it's uh, dark yeah. and there's no street lights and i don't have sidewalks in my neighborhood and i'm like you know i'm okay not doing an outside activity i'll just do the inside so i just modified it and i did two exercises still but i just didn't do it outside because of my concern was safety uh, yeah. but I still did it and I still read and I still drank the water and I still did everything and I didn't, um, consume alcohol so and it was, it, I kept on going with it. I'm like, okay, it's good. It's good. I went out on St. Patty's day and I was compared to everybody else. I'm just like, I'm good. I yeah. probably had one to their four drinks and right. I was fine with that. It was just like, it wasn't a big deal anymore. Mindset, right? Without it's all it. my mindset. Everything that we do is so much mindset. And so many people don't realize it and they get caught up in doing what everybody else is doing. Yes. And it's like, all right, guys, wouldn't you, if you want something different, you have to change, right? You just can't keep saying, I'm going to do the same actions and activities and behaviors and be getting a different result. Insanity, you know, that's definition yes. of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So what are you doing? Like, I know for me, my days are very structured during the week. My, you know, I'm up at 4.45, I go to the gym, I stretch at 5.30, I'm in the gym by 6, I'm out of there, but I'm home by a little after 7, I go walk 
till eight. So I walk, you know, I work out for an hour and then I walk for two and a half to depending on the morning. Sometimes I get three and a half or four miles in, depending on how many neighbors stop and talk and this and that. But I usually try to walk at a brisk, you know, like a 15 and a half minute to 16 minute pace. So that's pretty like you're you know, good, good spike. And then I'm listening to some podcasts. So podcasts are so important. It's what are we filling ourselves up with? And then I'm in the office by 830. I have meetings by nine. And I know my mornings from nine to 11 is meetings and talking to my agents and seeing where I can help them. And then my days are, you know, they're structured, but bore. Like I always say, make your life boring. If you know what's going to be in those time blocks, you're going to stay more consistent. You're going to get more things done and you're going to make more money ultimately. And you're going to live a better quality of life because of growth and contribution. That's your two big, big things. So a lot of people are not thinking of like, how are they contributing? So my big thing is to contribute to my team. How can I help them grow? And then how am I growing every day? Because if I'm not working on myself to get better, how can I expect them to get any better? That is so true. And and I again that that the episode with with Q help or the podcast with Q helped me to see again a different side of you because I understand that you didn't know that you were a Dave Ramsey follower. I know I am too. I'm yeah. actually uh I teach Financial Peace University as well. Nice. Um a way to give back. And I hear that you did that for your team as well. And even Q showed up to yeah. learn more and dig in. Yeah. So we had I 2010, 11 was my hard times that I was probably, it was worth nothing. And then, you know, just built on the philosophies that what he had said, made sure I had a budget because we never had a budget before. That's mm-hmm. number one thing. And then make sure you're saving because so many people are worried about what everybody else has. And I'm like, compare you to you. What do you really want? Like, do you want to be, you mentioned about being at St. Patty's Day. I was like, do you want to be the drunk fool out there with everybody else? Or do you want to have fun but you're also engaging and having like maybe it's a little different yes you know so just think of what's important to you and i'm not telling you don't have fun but it's a matter of being a little bit more controlled would your kids want to see you like that oh that's that's such a good portion i I, as my children have become adults that's what is sticking in the back of my head now more than anything yeah but i think dave ranzi was super influential in my life like i that that saying when the student's ready the teacher shows up so I needed Dave back in 2010 and 11. So I was like, he helped me get on a path. I needed Q back on 2015. So he got me on a path. You know, real estate wise, I've had business coaches over the years. So that comes into like another segment. Like, I think we all need somebody to either look up to, listen to, how do we take the learning curve out of things? So I've coached, um, I do some business coaching for um, Workman Success, which is through Burl Workman. He was my coach for a lot of years. And then and now I'm coaching with John Sheplack. And then also we coach with Bill Pipes that was working with him, but we, they each have their own thing now. So um, I coach with both of them. One's more team structure. The other one, John's just helping me focus on where am I going growth wise and mindset and so forth too. So, but if we're not investing in that, then what are we doing? And exactly. then, you know, podcast wise, like Ed Milet's podcast is one of my favorites. I know oh. it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, he has some really good guests on there. And then Thursdays are recaps. And then uh, Dean Graziasso's um, Own Your Future. That's another one that's really good. If you haven't listened to that, he works with Tony Robbins now. He was uh, big into real estate and so forth. A lot of, you know, he owns several businesses or owns several businesses, but very educational. Yeah. I also like uh, Jay Shetty and Mel Robbins. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're Mm -hmm. on my, uh, the things that I listen to quite often. Um, 
and I'll tell you, Rob Commodore's got a really good one as well, Chiseled. chiseled. And mm-hmm. I tell you, that man, the questions he asks and the people that he brings on has me in tears all the time. Wow. I text him, I'm like, Rob, you gotta stop. I'm always crying. <laughs> it's just so moving, the, uh, the the questions that he answers and the people that he has and the stories that they've endured over their lives. And it's just, yeah. it's extremely moving. Yeah, yeah, Ex- great. Well, Ex- Rob's a very good speaker too, if you've listened to him tell his story. Uh-huh. Um, you know, very interesting and so forth. And like, he's a good storyteller. Around Thanksgiving, he told me about his dog, like the dog. Did you hear the dog story for his son? I've not heard the dog story yet. So like, not, this is, we'll get off subject. But anyway, <laughs> his his son's in Texas at school and um, at college. And he finds this dog. The dog's in a park. And it's a stray dog. And, he, and the dog kept following him. He's like, man, and he's talking to his dad. And he's like, I want to bring this dog back. He's like, look, Rob, he's like, you can't take care of it. You're in college. You're not going to be able to take care of this dog, too. And he kept seeing the dog like a couple days in a row. He's like, man, I, you know, I don't want, you know, I, I don't know what to do. So I think he called, you know, like Humane Society to get the dog picked up and they were going to try to find it at home and so forth. And then he kept going to the Humane Society all week, seeing them. And so Rob and his wife had kept, they were coming out for like parents weekend. So they go see the dog and so forth. Well, Rob ends up talking to them there. And he kept saying, dad, dad you got to take this dog. And he's like, I can't. He's like, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. So Rob gets home. Now it's closer to Thanksgiving. Um, I think it's like the week before. He t- he remembered them saying that they ship from Texas to Baltimore, that they'll ship dogs back and forth. So he called and like, hey, is this dog still here? Blah, blah, blah. Well, the dog ended up being there. But Rob tells the story so much better. I mean, to the point where I'm like, I'm almost in tears by the time he's finished <laughs> telling me. So you know, he goes there. This, um, he ends up getting the dog shipped in. He goes, picks up the dog. Well, now his son's coming home. Son, there's nothing of this. So the son comes home for Thanksgiving and here the son comes in the door and the dog comes running at him and he's like, oh my God, like, you know, he's, <laughs> and he actually has a lot of it on video. You sending me the video of it. I was like, holy shit. Oh, wow. Like, you're such a good storyteller. So. Such a good storyteller. He is. Yeah. It, yeah. He is. Wow. Oh, so you have, you've, you've talked to, to us about the amazing uh, gifts that you've had and the things that you've done for your team over the years to mm-hmm. uh, pour back into them. Um, and we've had a really rocky last 12 months in the industry, but as you, the numbers that you gave for your top agents, uh, 77 and 83, uh, that's quite a lot of production uh, for a single agent to do even with admin staff. So what have you and your team done in the last 12 months to pivot? So it is more focus and it's more contacts. Mm -hmm. So we're in a needs-based market. So this is not a regular real estate market. It is they're buying and selling because of needs and they're not buying for wants whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like somebody that wants to buy, you're going to waste so much time driving around all the other stuff. And it's like, you have to educate them more than anything and let them know, be okay being the bad guy. Like so many people don't like controversy and it's not controversy, but you're telling them like, this is the market. This is what you're going to have to do to buy this house. You're going to have to offer, and it's changing a little bit right this second, but you've had to offer 20,000 over. You've had to offer $70,000 over on some of these listings. Like we sold my neighbor's house. They end up getting $77,000 over list price, no inspections, waive the appraisal. Do people want to do that? Like they needed a house, right? So, and then we had another offer. I was really close to that. 
And then we had one that was almost list price. And I was like, all right, so there's a $60,000 spread, you know, six, almost $70,000 wow. spread between what they offered. I'm like what? And then the, the second offer was close to the, you know, the, the first one, but you know, are, are you willing to compete in a market like that? And if you're not, that's okay. I just want you to know what it is. So like, go sit on the sidelines for a while, wait for the market to cool down. And it may be two or three years before you can buy. If your needs change, then this is what you're going to have to compete against for now. Right. But if not, we can contact you in six months, three months. If we see a shift in the market, then this is what we're going to do. But it takes a lot more context. Consistency and persistency. That's the two things that most people suck at, right? You've got to, no matter how many no's you're getting, you still have to be persistent. But yes. you also have to tweak. Like, what am I saying? What is my verbiage? What is my language? What is my tonality? Am I mirroring and matching? Am I really listening to what they're saying? How is my energy when I'm calling? How is my mindset? Do I think this is a bad lead? You know, going back to leads, some people think, well, oh, Zillow is only good lead, right? Like, oh, I'm paying $400 for this lead. Well, the average conversion on a Zillow lead right now is 13 months. Mm -hmm. Used to be average of three months. That's changed drastically. Average uh, conversion on a pay-per-click Google lead is 13 months. So now you're the same as a Zillow, except Zillow is doing pay-per-click for all these leads too, except they're doing some you know more incubation on the lead and trying to find out do they have needs and so forth and then get them over to an agent. But if you, you know, it comes back to mindset, what are you thinking and how, how are you thinking before you even pick up the phone? Mm -hmm. If you're thinking like, oh, this is a bad lead, it's a pay-per-click lead, it's going to be a bad lead, right? Versus, oh, I'm going to hurry up and get the Zillow call that's calling in. That's going to be a really good lead. Right. Well, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. It's 10% of the time it's really good. 10% of the time it's not or 90% of the time it's not. But you're going into it with a different mindset. Yes. So, so much of it's mindset driven. And then are you going to be consistent with your daily activities? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, you're probably going to be out of the business. So do you set up a daily success plan for your team or do you allow your team to create their own daily success plan? So we use a daily success habit tracker every day. Oh, so I mean, I'm like in the spiral binders. So, um, and then they have a note section on the back. So this is mine fresh for the day, but, um, so they track that of what they're doing. We, we also use follow-up boss, follow-up boss tracks, all of their activities for themselves. I was like, look, I don't want my thumb on you. I want to give you things that you need to do. And you have to track this for yourself. Mm -hmm. Our sales manager is still going to oversee it. I'm going to still spot check stuff. Our director of operations is going to spot check, spot check stuff. And if you're not performing, you're costing us a lot of money, right? We spend a mm -hmm. lot of money on lead incubation and so forth. But if you're not going to follow up, you're not going to be here. You know, you have to be performing. But are you doing role play? We do role play three days a week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oof, what I do you do? That. You know, what's it sound like? What are you doing? How are you like, how's your body language? Are you make sure you're moving? Are you sitting there? Are you slumped down and talking this way? Are you projecting? Like, how are you talking? What kind of energy do you have when you're talking to them? Or do you know what you're saying? Are you hitting your six key points? You know, LP Mama has been around forever. I don't know who started that, but we've been doing using it since 2010 and it still works. <laughs> key points to have a conversation. I'm not reading scripts but I'm going through location, price, motivation, agent, mortgage, and appointment. There's your six keys. You're going through them. And you, if you don't know them in the right away, like you'll write them out. All okay. our agents write them out first. Once they get to know them better, then it's writing LPMAMA. And then they're dashing through them as they're having a conversation. Like we were role-playing this morning. And then he's like, oh, shoot, I forgot to hit agent. I'm like, yep, 
What does that sound like? Let's see where you blend that in the conversation. Because you don't want to just say, are you working with an agent? Because if you do, you go to a store, you're looking for something and they say, do you need any help? Nope, I'm just looking, right? There's yes. your defense. You know, oh yeah, I have an agent. I have an agent. I'm like- It's just trying to get them instead, to give you a yes. Yeah, instead if you said to them, okay, tell me, how have you been looking at houses lately? Oh yeah, well, yes, I have. Okay, well, how have you been getting into them? And then it gives them a second of like, yeah, have you been going to open houses? Have you been like, oh, we're calling people from the sign. Okay, do you realize they work for the seller? I'm a buyer specialist. I would represent you and have your buyer's best interest rather than the seller's best interest. So some of these things that you're saying to, again, lower those defenses, yes. it takes this down, take it down, take it down. And then them realize like, hey, I care. I'm just trying to help you. If you don't want any help, that's fine too. That's but right. you're trying to find the ones that need because you only have so much time. So you're sort you know, sifting through, we have like 46,000 leads in our database. Mm. So you got to sift through them constantly because average time is 13 months. And some people are years. I mean, some of the ones that should have bought a few years ago now, do they still, do they have enough need? Yes. Maybe, maybe not. That is so true. That is, that is so true. I, I like the older leads myself. They're easier, I think, because they've put the, somebody's already spoken to them. They already know what they need to do typically, and that right. they're just waiting to, they have enough funds um, saved, or they've been self-employed for a period of time and they have the documents needed to move forward. It just seems like the, they're, they're easier because they've been incubating for such a long time. And but a lot of it still comes to. back to mindset too. Because mm -hmm. if they, like I said, if they're thinking it's a bad lead or they're not thinking the quality is as good as it should be, then their their mindset's just not like it's projected out no matter what they're like, there's this thinking and then the small tweaks that they say to their body language, to tonality, all those things factor in oh. rather than if you have somebody that's energetic, not loud, because I think the loud people too, are like they talk so freaking loud and you're like, holy shit, like, and you're holding the phone away from your ear. That's not doing you good. Energy is just, hey, positive. Are they hitting key points? Are they flowing? Are they talking well and respectfully versus da 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 da, -da and berating you? Because mm -hmm. the only thing I see people will, will go in and they'll ask a question, 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 and then like ask three questions in a row. I'm like, now nah, they're confused. They don't even know what question to answer. Mm -hmm. One at a time. And then get the answer, ask a question immediately after. Right. Answer it, ask a question immediately after. Know what your what your where your flow is going. I love and you have to that. control, if you don't control the conversation, they're going to control the conversation and you're going to be out of, out of it. So definitely, definitely. Uh, what skill set uh, do you and your team work on? Does it change throughout the year? Like you're working on different things as need arises uh, or is it because the change in the industry? Um, is that how you yes, all yes, choose? Yes. <laughs> so yes, yeah. So um I'm constantly having conversations with uh, coaches, and then I'm also talking to different people across country. So I'm in several different groups from my radio and TV group to different coaching groups, and I'm seeing what's happening because we're always a lagging market here. So California, Florida, uh, Vegas, Arizona, Austin, Texas, so different places that are leading markets, see what's happening there. And then what, what transitions do we need to have what training do we need to hit on? Because if it's, you know, just interest rates, all right, all right, how do you overcome the objections? Some of it you can't overcome. If they're mm -hmm. 3% or less and they're going to seven, seven and a half percent, it just does, the numbers don't make sense unless they have enough pain. If they have enough pain, 
hey, let's save some of that money rather than putting all the money down. And you're going to have to pay that towards a payment because your, your payment's $1,500 higher now. Are you, you know, if you saved 15,000, you got what, an extra 10 months, hopefully a rates change in then, but let's say you may need $30,000 to make up that 1,500. So you're 20 months. Mm -hmm. Rates hopefully will come back down by then, but none, none of us have the crystal ball. We can't tell. I mean, right. so many people are confused with this economy, what direction we're heading in. I mean, anywhere from like an Elon Musk to anybody in between. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Now, when you, are you seeing, I, I don't know oh, if you pay attention to this portion of it or not, but when your sellers are moving um, mm -hmm. and they're selling their home, are they paying off their debt or are they holding it with them and taking it with them to the new home or do, do you not? It, depends. it really depends on case by case more than anything else. Okay. I would say some of them, some of them, they're getting rid of their debt and some of them are saving the cash because cash is king. Cash is uh, I just had a couple of conversations with different business owners and stuff yesterday and a couple of them are in you know, finance and commercial lending and so forth. And yeah, I think there's definitely going to be some shifting in the economy. I don't I think there's going to be opportunities. Mm -hmm. What are the opportunities? None of us know yet. You know, is it going to be commercial? Is it going to be residential? What is it that's going to have the best opportunities? Is it going to be certain stocks and bonds or where is the opportunity? But there's going to be some. There's a ton of cash sitting on the sideline. I know we've been, you know, putting more away just because I, I like, all right, I want to be ready for, mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to have like a 2008 and 10, you know, with real estate, there's going to be some foreclosures. There's going to be some opportunities. If you're not set up for them, you're going to be out of, you know, out of luck. Oh yes. But I actually have my children saving for that right now. So that when the foreclosures do hit the market, that yeah. the kids could take advantage Well, my adult kids can take advantage of that now. Yeah, I mean, when you look at inflation and you look at how much money more that they're spending towards food, towards mm -hmm. housing, towards utility costs, everything's through the roof. Look it at a, like a car payment now. Look at a car payment is for somebody. The average car payment, they said, is over $700 a month. I'm I, like, that's the average. I was like, holy crap. It is. It's crazy what's happening out there. I know we're coming up to our time, and I want to give you an opportunity to, to share with us uh, the goals that you have for yourself and your team as we uh, were recording this at the mid to the end of uh, September of 2023, yeah. as you're closing out this quarter and you're starting a new and pre pre preparing for the new quarter. Uh, what goals do you have? Yeah, our goal is to get the 400 sales for this year, 700 for next year. Uh, our Bigger goals are adding to our team, helping the ones that want to be helped in today's market. So the agents that are struggling, I've talked to so many that were selling 12 to 15 homes and now they're selling two in a year. It's like, all right, we have the capacity of new agents that are coming on my team that are selling 15 to 20 homes a year still in today's market. And I have my other ones that are selling 60, 70 rather than 70, 80, mm -hmm. but they're still producing a high level. So if you need somebody that's going to pour into you, but you've got like we're super picky on who we take on our team. But if you're one that's very driven, that wants to work, you're hungry, humble, smart, we're looking for them. Uh, so if you if you have some interest, give us a call. Uh, I'm going to be also hiring a new uh, personal executive assistant. I haven't said that anywhere yet. So my assistant's going into the sales side of things, gives flexibility. Now she's a grandmother and her granddaughter is out of town, lives in Florida. So she's going to be traveling. Um, so I'm going to be hiring for that position, but uh, more importantly, too, is agents. So we know and that. How can these a lot people of them get a hold of you? My office number 410-638-9555. They can find me on Facebook or Instagram. 
can mess direct message me there or my email is lee at lee and there's a spelling behind me so <laughs> yes um but i think that would be it Thank you so much for coming on today, Lee, and thank you for dropping your wisdom on to everybody. And to those of you listening, please share this uh, recording, this podcast with two of your friends and colleagues that would find it beneficial. And please leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And until next time, thank you all. Thanks, Jen. Thank you for joining the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast. We'd like to ask you two favors. Number one, forward this podcast to three of your favorite realtor friends. They'll thank you for it, and I'll thank you for it, too. Number two, we'd love reviews. It helps get the word out. 